to Stories Worth Telling, a collection of interviews where extraordinary, ordinary women speak, sharing experiences and answering three questions on a game-changing moment, something heard that inspired, and what the words When Women Speak say to them. episode we hear Emma Case speak about something she only just fully considered in regards to showing up and being part of women's groups and how perhaps there's a silent W that precedes the word women. There's a graceful ease to the conversation and a still quality that I'm sure I mentioned more than once. It's a conversation to savour and reflect upon and if you'd like to share any reflections please do so at our When Women Speak global network email address which is hello at www.sgn.com. And if not already a member, you are welcome to join the When Women Speak Facebook group. During the conversation, Emma only briefly mentions a speaking engagement at a conference about neurodiversity. So I just wanted to highlight one of Emma's projects that's been running for two years now called Women Beyond the Box. The following words are taken from Emma's website. After I found out that I had ADHD, I searched online for communities to join. At the time, I desperately wanted reassurance and proof that neurodivergent women could and do thrive in their careers, businesses and life in general. I'd hoped to find women like me, women who were using their innate differences to their advantage, women who were doing well because of their difference, not in spite of it. The community that I was searching for simply didn't exist, so I decided to create it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stories Worth Telling, and I'm joined by Emma Case, which I'm really excited about, because Emma and I, have, we've never actually spoken, we've messaged a few times via um, Facebook Messenger, and yeah, we're friends on Facebook, but we've never actually spoken, so this is a our first ever conversation so that's why I'm, I'm very excited about it and as always we don't know what's going to be said Emma knows that there's three questions that we ask all podcast guests but other than that who knows what stories are going to come up so Emma thank you so much for being here thank you for thank you for having me I'm really excited actually <laughs> so thank you when you were asked to be a podcast guest for When Women Speak and Stories Worth Telling. Would you mind sharing what the first reactions were or, or whether any kind of, because of the, the topic of Stories Worth Telling, whether any story came to mind? What, were you, what, what happened when you first heard about this? Um, did I think, first of all, so the title, you know, When Women Speak, I think that's quite, quite interesting because... Uh, maybe like yourself, I'm in, you know, I'm in a number of different Facebook groups or, you know, women's networks and, and whatnot. And so when I think about these, especially specifically for women, um, regardless of what the title is, what I, and this only came up this morning, which is so interesting. What, what came to mind for me was that quite often that I, I, I feel, and I hadn't realized this, but I often feel that there's a silent W in these titles. So for example, when women speak. Now, actually what I hear or what I see play out in these groups, the missing W is white. When white women speak, okay? Now, 
I think that this is a almost like a, a something that is running at the back of my mind when I enter into these spaces. And the thing that I'm asking myself, always asking myself, almost like a silent question is, am I welcome here? So we're here to, to share, to share stories, but is my story welcome here? And so as much as somebody can have in a bio or in a video, a welcome video, that everybody is, is welcome, I'm looking for those non-verbal cues, that evidence that actually I'm one, welcome here, um, I'm two, I'm going to be heard, and three, I'm going to be safe here. So when I was invited, the very first indicator for me within When Women Speak was that it was you that invited me. So we clearly have both you and Nicola at the helm of When Women Speak, but having you as a, somebody who is visible as a woman of colour um, indicated to me that my presence potentially would be welcome. And it's that simple. Wow, wow, that is, that brings tears to my eyes and that those are tears of recognition and pain and um, almost like a sense of lostness. I can like visualize a, a small girl wanting to belong and doing and trying to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. I can see that so easily that voice gets pushed back and just thought, I know we'll carry on, carry on. But really, yeah, there is a scanning of, am I welcome? Is it safe? Um, which potentially for white women wouldn't even be a narrative that's playing out no mm. and i think um what's quite interesting for me um is that i wouldn't actually class myself as somebody who doesn't speak up or doesn't have a voice i would never class myself as that um but I think if I'm to be truly honest with, I, with myself, what I do recognize is that, and I think this could be, go across the board for everybody, specifically pertaining to women, um, is that we do read the room, some of us more than others, if we're conscious, we read the room and we decide how much of ourselves we can bring to any given space. Um, <clears throat> Uh, which is not necessarily a, a bad thing, but I think if you exist mostly in a space where you self-edit, uh, that can be really quite uh, exhausting. Yes, yes. And an exhaustion that isn't always known because it's just been happening for so long. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like um, I've heard some people talk about having a level of like constant anxiety. So yeah. it's become, it's become the norm. the norm. So they're not even aware that there is anxiety there because it's become this 
than that sort of estate. The yeah. base level. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, I think what, what, what is, I know, um, what's quite helpful for me, and I think I'm only really putting words to this in more recent years, but I, I have a, um, my background is within the fashion industry. And um, I, I worked at senior level within the fashion industry. But as somebody who uh, entered a largely uh, white and middle class industry, um, I had to get up to speed quickly. Um, and there, there weren't any role models or anybody to truly follow. So I followed what made sense to me in any given moment. Um, and it has served me well. I feel that it has served me well. Um, but I do, I do question whether or not there's a better way, an easier way for people. Um, I like to think that there is a, an easier way for this to be done. Yes, yeah. And that easier way, do you have any sense of how that might start? Um, well, do you know, even, it's got to be this, hasn't it? It's got to be this dialogue. This, that's, that's all it can be. Um, but it's got to be this honest, um, vulnerable, truthful, raw conversation where we actually have to leave um, ego behind. Um, and even as I say that, um, <clears throat> I know that it's, a, it's truly challenging because I don't think the average person would want to believe that they were in any way responsible for make, you know, for uh, creating a space where people didn't feel as if they could show up as themselves. Um, so beyond honest conversation and true listening, um, I actually just think that really is it. That is that simple. And I'll, I'll add, you know, it's simple, but not always easy. What I'm reminded of in hearing you there is organisations that I've worked with in the past. So I used to work for the Arts Council um, England and in a role of diversity and supporting organisations to have more diverse programmes and have a more diverse workforce. And you'd hear time and time again, but we're open to everybody. And there was almost, in saying that, it's like an immediate sh shutdown of the conversation because by yeah. saying, but everyone's welcome, without actually recognizing that you may you may say everyone's welcome but that doesn't automatically mean that people feel welcome yeah and when you look around your establishment what do you see yeah you know, if there isn't the diversity there well what does what do the words everyone's welcome mean if when you look around everyone's not there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. But I, do you know something I, I think, and this has been, ultimately, I have to tr be truly honest with you about my experience, because um, 
it's interesting because I can see it from the outside looking in. I can see it from many different angles. And what I'm kind of pointing out to here is that there has never been anything that I've ever been done that has been, I don't feel has been advertised in a, in a way that spoke to me as a black woman, okay? So it was not just that I'd, oh, I saw, you know, I saw this and it says, you know, we want black women and, you know, we want you if you're from this kind of background. I have always been the kind of person, if I see something and I think it's fantastic or I want to be involved in it or if I think I can bring some value, I will just take it upon myself and say, I want a bit of that. I want to get involved in that. I can add something to that. But I'm also, I'm, I'm conscious that we're not all like that. We're really not all like that. So when I, um, I think about times where I've been in spaces that I know the average woman, um, let alone uh, a, a black woman, would not be comfortable, would really not be comfortable. Um, but that, that to me, it doesn't always sit at the very front of my mind because I quite often when I'm doing something, I'm just doing it. I'm in that moment of, of doing it. It's spoken to me in a way whereby um, it's almost as if, and I've said this to a friend before, it's got my name written on it. Mm, yeah. It doesn't need to say, um, you know, it's for you know, diversity. That's got my name written all over it. Let me, let me go to it. But I, I recognize that not everybody will feel that they really won't feel that mm, mm. yeah and like you say it's there's something in having the conversations with people that potentially is the the opening of the door because the the words don't mean anything without there being that um giving and receiving and it, there needs to be more than just the words there needs to be a sense of i belong there um i'm welcome there i want to be there i've got something to offer i've got something to receive it's yeah it's a it's it's nuanced there's a there's a whole lot it going is, on absolutely. um but the words everyone welcome as lovely as they are it's not enough <laughs> It's not enough, is it? It really isn't. Because I think, you know, I, um, I spoke at a conference last year and it was um, a neurodiversity conference. So um, assuming, um, so just to kind of give a, an, an example of neurodiversity, it's an umbrella term for ADHD, autism, dyslexia, dyspraxia and dyscalculia. Um, so they are differences, let's say. Um, and one of the slides that I shared was uh, quite a popular meme that I see floating around the internet, which said, uh, society, uh, be yourself. And then beneath it, society, no, not like that. Mm. Oh, mm. you know, so it's that layer. So when we, it's even that, that language that we're, we, we're all understanding of at the moment of bring your whole self. You know, you can bring your whole self to this group or you can bring your whole self to this organization. Um, but for some of us, there is still that question mark of, do you mean me? Am I included in that? Am I going to be able to, to bring all of me? 
Um, and it is questionable and it's worth questioning it. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I had no idea that the conversation would, <laughs> would, would unfold in this way. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Thank you, Emma, for, for this um, dialogue. It's brilliant. Is there, so we've touched on the first question of what do the words when women speak say to you? Is there anything else that you'd like to say on that? When women speak. Um, well, I'll... You know, when, when we consider our, um, the current climate, so we're, we're sat in pandemic with um, a huge conversation uh, happening around uh, race uh, pertaining to what is currently happening in, in the US. Um, what we have is a situation where people who have maybe not spoken or have spoken and but have not been heard um, who are now being heard more clearly so when I think about people who have been silenced are silenced who silence themselves however you want to put it one of the things that I will say about that so when I'm thinking about when women speak is that quite often even when women don't speak or they think they're not speaking they they still are speaking so if i put this into the context of um uh, a relationship my relationship with my partner so to speak and there's a there's a situation and i don't feel able to communicate clearly i'm still going to be speaking it might be resentment filled it might be sarcastic um it might so so even when when i think about when women speak i'm also thinking about when women don't speak because you're still communicating something something always so when i think about the importance of telling women that they can speak and they must speak and they should speak um it sits so high at the top of you know the you know the, the list of priorities because silenced people um silenced people are unhappy people silenced people are unhappy people silenced people are resentful people um and so essentially there there is no woman who doesn't truly speak she's going to communicate it in some way so if you're if we're going to communicate it anyway oh wouldn't it be nice if we had if we gave ourselves permission if we had permission to just speak truthfully and speak honestly oh deep breath with that yes yes it would and it was only last night i was in conversation with nicola the other co-founder of when women speak and she was saying exactly the same thing that sometimes there's almost this um, she was she was giving an example of a of um, a family member, and where they it was almost like dancing around, not just saying what they wanted or what yeah. they what they thought what their opinion was, through who knows fear of um, 
sounding like they're not being supportive or sound, who knows but just walking on eggshells rather than it's like just say it just yeah. say it even just if you know because you, there's ways of saying things you can still you can say something where it's like i don't want i want to support you i'm not sure how i don't you know uh, or whatever it might be but say it this say kind it. of dancing around walking on eggshells yeah is who's that serving yeah. it's uncomfortable and that discomfort surely is an indication that the there's almost like a, a disconnect between absolutely yeah 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 so if there's discomfort then for want of a better term lean into that and 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 say it call it out and well i think in in my experience that the thing is is that if something very rarely if you have something that truly matters or feels so compelling to you that will come out at some point and i do think to myself that um that's why i think if you're able to be to to speak as and when rather than bottling it it won't come out like a eruption <laughs> yeah. which can't be helped in, in no, itself no no just part of the human condition but i i do think that there is it's um we surprise we can we can surprise ourselves and others by thinking that we're okay with staying silent nobody's okay with staying silent nobody you know we all want to be heard we do yeah oh fantastic okay let's move on to another question which is the one i'm going to ask you is what have you come to realize that could be described as a game changer about myself about women about the world goodness me okay um what have i come to realize that is a game changer it's always the simple things i think um and this one particular thing is so simple that hearing it may not sound overly impactful too simple maybe um and that that one thing is is that none of us know what we're doing none of us know what we're doing we don't know and that one thing i think to myself if i had i've known this at the beginning of my career prior to to quitting and starting my business i think you know it's possible that my experience in the workplace might have been different. Well, it would have been different. Um, so taking responsibility for, for trying to know what was coming next and trying to plan and try, trying to plan ahead, overly plan ahead and strategy and all of these different things and thinking that I could control certain things when I actually, I have no control over anything really. Um, that would be you know that would have been really super hard for me to to hear uh five years ago really hard um but knowing hearing understanding that really feeling it right into you know my fiber just lets me off the hook totally 
lets me off the hook. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not me saying I'm kind of just, it's the wild west in my life and I'm just running, you know, riot and whatnot. <laughs> there, is, there is order, but it's just kind of knowing when and where it's needed and necessary, um, which just allows me to breathe. It's that simple. None of us know. I don't know. I really don't know until I know. And it's okay. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's, it's that simple. So when I, I think, what, how did this occur to me? I think it possibly got to that point where in my mind, I'd done everything I could to try and lead myself down this path. And, you know, to me, everything, I'd created everything in a, in a way for it to, for the picture to look a certain way. And it still didn't look like it. It still didn't look that way. Um, so it occurred to me that the only thing that I could do was just let go. And here I am. Yeah. Oh, I resonate so much with that because that trying to know trying to get it right look like you've got your shit together or and, or, and all of that it that's exhausting yeah because it's just a constant loop because uh, and where's the way out of that if you yeah. if you constantly feel you should know yet you're never gonna know you're just <laughs> in a constant loop yeah um and in my experience that loop then led me to um health issues and a, and a complete full stop um yeah. so maybe sort of, you know my, my equivalent of rock bottom yeah and then it was okay surrender i don't know yeah i think for for me and, and this is one of the things that i truly feel matters to me as uh, when I work with women is that I want to give them what maybe other coaches didn't give to me. Not because maybe they didn't know that it was available for them to give to me, but what I feel really matters that I can give to, to my clients is the knowledge that I haven't got it together. I've got it together when I've got it together and I haven't when I haven't. It's that simple. I wouldn't want anybody to be in my presence thinking that I have the secret and they don't have it. That's my gift to all of my clients. That's my gift to anybody in my life. Um, there, there are fantastic things always happening in my life, but life is also happening. The stuff, you know, the shit, it's always it's never not there. Um, and I think that especially in the way that we live and with the fact that we're so plugged into social media, um, I can only speak to myself, but I, I want to have some responsibility to people who are seeing me or to people that reach out to me. Because for me, that's really easy. Whether or not people believe me, when I tell them that I don't, I know what it looks like, um, but I can only tell you. 
Mm. Mm. I'd love to hear, Emma, with this realisation that ultimately we, we, we just don't know and that we're not in control, what has, what, what has that led um, to? I mean, what, that realising you're not in control, like you say, things still happen. So have you know, what have you noticed has happened when you've kind of, yeah, realised it's not, it's not me doing it? <laughs> well, do you know, I think it brings about a certain lightness to what you're doing. It's almost like you hold it, but you don't squeeze it to death. <laughs> yeah. You know, you hold it. And it doesn't mean that I, you don't care and you're not interested, but it just feels like you've got less on it. You've got, you've got less on it. Um, and what that, how, how that, the positives and how that can manifest or how I've seen it manifest in my life, my clients' lives is that, we might be more inclined to go for things. Mm. For things that might have seemed totally out of reach. You know, the idea that I'm not ready or I'm not there yet or that kind of language or who am I to do it? It just doesn't factor in. It really, it doesn't make sense to factor in. Um, It's, it's, it's the ultimate freedom. Mm. Juicy. <laughs> Very juicy. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. You know, I'm loving the stillness of this conversation. There's a real still quality to it that I'm just I just wanted to to acknowledge that it's beautiful well, thank you Emma thank you. <laughs> another question yeah what have you seen or heard that's left an impression on you so such as a book film poetry maybe a speech and could you tell us about it please um, yes, so it's funny because I had in my uh, calendar to go over these questions and uh, in true Emma style, I didn't. I just opened, I quickly flicked through them this morning and it, I'd actually looked at them previously but hadn't thought about it and then today when I opened them, it was obvious, it came to me. So I have this, this quote which I'll read to you by uh, Toni Morrison and so she says, I stood at the border, stood at the edge, and claimed it as central. I claimed it as central and let the rest of the world move over to where I was. Now, I literally feel as if this is, it's the blueprint for life. I, f I feel like this is, um, it's everything. So when I, I know what she meant by it. Um, and I also know how I would apply that to my life and how other women might also apply, apply it to their lives. So standing at the border is somebody who 
sees themselves or who society sees themselves sees them as potentially other in for any reason um and that's a really interesting thing to be on the edge because you can see what the center looks like the the center is uh, is the norm it's celebrated it's accepted um it's what we're used to so when you if you see yourself at the edge or you've been told that you're at the edge there might be a belief about your worth or your value what you can what you can't do how you be accepted or rejected and there's something so powerful about realizing that every single one of us is in the center it means that we can speak it means that we get to share it means that we don't have to deviate from our truth. It means that when we speak the truth, people will come over to us, those that it resonates with. Or we have the alternative, which I know we've all done, which is shapeshifted and created something that makes us feel more central. So we've left behind all those things that make us different and interesting and, and fantastic. Um, so essentially kind of stripping back our value. So when you find yourself stood at the edge, at the border, you're actually having to make a choice. Do I change? Do I shape shift? Do I silence myself? Will I be silenced? Or do I claim it as center? And this is not just about gender. This is not just about race. This, is, this can go completely across the board. This could be, you feel that you're, you're much, you know, you're, you, you're wanting to do something in life, but you're at an older age. It could be that you are, for example, and I speak so passionately about this, but also maybe you're part of the neurodivergent community. Maybe you're feeling that you think and feel differently. Maybe you present differently to what you know people see as the norm but every single person when they speak that truth and stand in the center and claim it as center you'll be amazed at the, how the world gravitates towards you amazed emma could you read the quote again for us please of course i stood at the border stood at the edge and i claimed it as central I claimed it essential and let the rest of the world move over to where I was. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Honestly, I, I've just been bowled over <laughs> by, by this conversation. Oh. What I'd love to um, finish with is hearing a little bit about how your your center and how you're showing up in the world and how the world is rearranging and, and what that looks like what's um, what things are going on at the moment and and obviously we'll make sure that there's links for people to connect with you but whatever you feel you'd like to share about what you're doing would be would be amazing okay so I th it's quite funny because i i find myself drawn into conversations around diversity and whatnot and actually that's not truly what I do within in my job. It's, it's one of the things that I will absolutely lend my voice to. 
but pretty much everything I do is around creativity and releasing that that creativity specifically for women um, as, as you well know we're sat in the middle of a pandemic so um, there's a limitation to many of my my personal projects that people can get involved with but the the one thing that I've continued to do throughout this um, this pandemic is to to work quite closely with women and to coach women so what I've been really doing is just having conversations I have been um, lending my voice so I've been speaking for different podcasts different articles um, and continuing my work around uh, women and neurodiversity um, I do have a really exciting project coming up soon um, I can't talk about it because it hasn't been completely confirmed but it's definitely something that I think that your audience would be interested in and I would love to be able to share those details at a, a later date. It's something big and juicy and exciting. Um, so yeah, that's it. Wow, I, I love that you've left us on a, you know, something exciting is coming. So yeah, we'll, definitely, coming. <laughs> we'll definitely, <laughs> definitely have you back to, to talk about that. That sounds great. Okay. Well, thank you, Emma. I, yeah, I just, like I said, I've just been bowled over by this, quality of stillness in the conversation the simplicity spoken about and yet there's just although stillness simplicity a real fire and call to action in what's been spoken about today i think yeah. there's a there's a, a lot to consider and reflect on and really hear so yeah. yeah i really really appreciate this conversation thank you so much for joining thank me you <laughs>